Next level sketch. Next level sketch. Next level sketch. Next level sketch. Paul, you can turn off the sleigh bells now. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone. It's James here from Next Level Sketch, and you're listening to episode 13 of the Next Level Sketch podcast, or as the hipsters are calling it, season two, episode three. Next Level Sketch is affiliated with Hoopla Impro, and when the government allows us, we do live shows on the last Tuesday of every month at the Miller in London Bridge. Please come along. It'll be great. Our next show is on the 26th of January. My name is James Walsh, and I am impossibly grateful for all the wonderful sketches and ideas and editing and funny voices and cleverness and wonderfulness and genius of the various people who are in the Next Level Sketch Collective. Thank you so much to everyone who has taken part this year. I love you all, and I'm pathetically grateful for this being a lovely little glimpse of happiness and joy in a year of otherwise being quite difficult, some would argue. If you want to find out more about it, you can find our website nextlevelsketch.com we're on twitter at nextlevelsketch you can email us at nextlevelsketch at gmail.com and you could just come to our house if you like um, message me and I'll give you the address we all live in a big house together we sleep in bunk beds it's all very covid secure right I guess we should get on with the episode now enough nonsense and silliness let's have some nonsense and silliness Hello and welcome to Nudist Hour, the radio show made for nudists by nudists. I'm Susanna Willicott. And I'm Nancy Butkirk-Smith. On today's show, the Nudist Fire Service. We tend mainly to body ear emergencies. The nudists who tidy up litter from local beaches. We smear ourselves with glue, then simply roll across the sand, picking up... Ah! Oh God! Crabs! But first, we go to our reporter, Richard Titmuff, who's looking into naked trampolining. Thanks, Susanna. Trampolines and nudity have enjoyed a long and fruitful association, but... Ah! And that's all we've got time for. Join us next week when we'll be joined by Vivian Pubic-Jones, the first nudist in space. I'm freezing! Right, thanks for coming to this emergency meeting of the Royal Ballet Board. As you might know, last night's production of Swan Lake was a disaster. All the dancers were completely unsuited to ballet. Well, I thought it was a triumph. I've never seen so many beefy boys in a ballet before. Brilliant. That was rather the issue, Charles. When they congregated in the middle of the stage, it collapsed. There were 13 broken legs. Such a sense of danger. There's nothing quite like a burly ballet. Charles, ballet dancers have to be supple and light on their feet. Nonsense. They must be light on the eyes. You mean to deprive them of a beefy Barishnikov? I'm sorry, Charles. This was your last chance as casting director. We were going to remove you when your choice for Giselle attempted a pirouette and gave the rest of the cast black eyes. I will not apologise for putting beef on display. That was after your production of The Nutcracker, when your physically impressive lead accidentally threw 28 dancers into the stalls circle. Charles, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to remove you from the board. Remove me from the board? But then who will find the beefy boys? We found a new casting director, Charles. 
To be honest, we're not sure who kept you on for so long, or why you were employed in the first place. But ballet could not be bereft of beefy boys. We're willing to take that chance, Charles. I've come to a decision. I'm afraid that I'm going to have to move on from this ballet company. But let me tell you this before I go. You may think that you want lithe lads on that stage, but someday you will know like I do that your stage simply must overflow with beef at all times. Goodbye. Charles, you haven't moved. They really are some beefy boys. I'm calling security. Oh, that won't be necessary. Lift me, Antonio. Honey, what an awesome spread you've put on for us this evening. Let me start off by giving thanks to you and your wonderful yams. Timmy, what are you thankful for this year? Thanks, Daddy. I'm grateful for being put on the soccer team. Good job, Timmy. And you, Stacy? Um, I'm thankful for Daddy teaching me how to drive. Oh, sweetie, you're so welcome. And Grandma, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful nobody found the bodies. Uh, Billy, what about you? And now that I'm confident that we can do it safely, Jurassic Park is reopening immediately. Are you sure that the danger has passed? Well, we've only had one dinosaur escape this week. And don't forget, the Velociraptors can't get you if you're here to spend money. Um, I don't think the dinosaurs can tell that people are here to support the economy, or that it's Christmas. And even if they did, I don't think they'd care. Oh, we're not just relying on that. We've put up caution signs and given the T-Rexes a stern talking to. Visitors can mingle with up to three pterodactyls and come to no harm. But seriously, is it advisable to base public safety on trying to reason with dinosaurs? Listen, we at Engine Corp recognise your concerns, but can we really shut down the park every time a tropical storm approaches the island and overpowers our security systems? Um... I mean, we don't even know for sure if the dinosaurs are the cause of all the rampaging and memeing on the island. Let's focus on the positives here. Mutilations are down 0.003% this week, for one. That's not very encouraging! Dr. Hammond, look out! Nonsense! Just look at all the success they're having on Amity Island. Don't forget to stay socially distanced so the hybrids don't get you. It's my right to get by this dinosaur. Well worth the trip to the visitor center. It's hard to be an anteater at Christmas time When all those ants are hidden by the snow It's hard to be an anteater at Christmas time so hold on to those anteaters, you know. Oh. 
What a lovely place for a picnic. A woodland setting. Just so long as Daddy doesn't get triggered by Mag... Mary? Those black and white birds. I'm fine. Oh, thank God. Oh, what are these people doing here? I'm sure it's perfectly innocent, dear. I hope they're not ornithologists. Would you like some jam, dear? Are you ornithologists? Yeah. We've had a rufus, but Robin's been seen around here, so we thought we'd take a look. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what you're doing. You're enabling magpies. Cheese! Dear, some nice cheese! Monochrome cheeky-pecking menaces! Flutterly embodiments of beaky torture! You're aiding and abetting their monstrous bitey harm! Sausage roll! Two sausage rolls! It's just the Rufus Bush Robin. That's all. Oh, that's fine. It's not like we're here to look at magpies. Oh, dear. You helpers of scaly leg demons! Bodyguards for the avian collectors of shiny objects! Casual valets of the coring ominous beady-eyed interlopers! Be gone! And take your feathery, flabby harbingers of discontent with you! I have rice pudding! Rice pudding? Come and have the nice rice pudding. Is it safe? Of course. It's rice pudding. What's that shadow? Oh no! Well, what a start to the second Punic War that was. A sensational Battle of the Trebia has just ended and the Roman army have been comprehensively beaten by Hannibal and the Carthaginians, who will be absolutely delighted with that result. I'm pleased to say that I'm joined now by the leader of the Roman army, Sempronius Longus. Sempronius, not a good day for your side. No, a tough result to take, obviously. I think the lads were all disappointed with that performance today. The ones that are still alive anyway. But you know, full credit to Hannibal and his lads. They got their tactics spot on today, and they deserve to win. What do you make of your army's performance today? Well, you know, uh, I thought we'd done some good things out there. Um, I thought our infantry dominated the centre. We managed to break through their lines at the end there. But we were let down on the flanks, you know. Our cavalry were poor today. There's no getting away from that. I think we also struggled with the conditions, you know. Having to wade through the chest-high icy waters of the Trebia River wasn't ideal preparation. But Cisalpine Gaul is a tough place to come. We know that. We can't use it as an excuse. At the end of the day, we have to fight better. It felt like a turning point in the battle was the previously hidden Carthaginian force attacking your infantry in the rear. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, we've fallen asleep at the back there, which is frustrating. You can't afford to do that at this level, you know. They've got world-class soldiers who will punish you for it. And that's exactly what they've done today, unfortunately. You've obviously had some success facing the Carthaginians before, albeit not under Hannibal. Do you think maybe you were guilty of underestimating them slightly? No, I don't think so. We obviously got the better of them in the first Punic War, but they're not the same side we faced previously, you know? They recruited heavily in the summer, brought in a lot of new faces from the Gallic tribes, and of course all those elephants who made a big difference today. What do you think the reaction at home will be to this defeat, and what are the consequences for your future personally? Look, obviously everyone in Rome will be disappointed. They expect high standards from us, and we've let them down today. I take full responsibility for that, but I'm not going to stand here and let you create headlines about my future off the back of one bad result. The fact is, I have a very good relationship with the Senate, and they've always been very supportive of me. So, right now, my only focus is on getting the lads ready for the next battle. It looks like a few of your infantry were struggling towards the end there. Do you have any updates on their condition? Yeah, they're all dead, unfortunately. 
The gift no one's been waiting for. Another Christmas CD. Now that's what I call Christmas. With all your favourite holiday bangers. Featuring this year's Britain's Got Talent semi-finalists, The Youngless Choir. Hi, Alex. Take a seat. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm not in trouble, am I? Not at all, Alex. We're just here to iron out a few issues. I mean, being a BBC continuity announcer has always been my dream. And you're a natural, darling. There's just one issue. You've got this thing for emphasising certain words. How do you mean? Let me demonstrate. What's the BBC's big ballroom show? Celebrity cum dancing. And the show about having people over for dinner, but with famous people. Celebrity come, dine with me. And the terrible spoof documentary set in an airport. Come, fly with me. Do you see the problem? Uh, not really. Well, it sounds like... Like what? Well, listen to me saying it how you do. Celebrity come dancing. Celebrity come dancing. Celebrity, come, dancing. What does that sound like to you? It's like a great show, fun for all the family. Alex, actually, forget it. But, great news, we're transferring you to Radio 4. Oh, what a relief. When I came in here, I, I thought I might be in a bit of a sticky situation. You know, I was worried about opening Charles's home for beefy ballet boys. But what a successful Christmas dinner that was. Please, Charles, can I have some more? Yes, of course. How else are you supposed to stay a beefy boy? Welcome to Frozen. The yoga class with a room temperature of below freezing. Today, we'll be focusing on our salute to Pluto. Sorry, isn't it salute to the sun? Not in this class. Stretch out your arms and try to touch the sky. God, my hands are frozen. Breathe in. And out. I can see my breath. Can we um, not make it a little bit warmer in here? Janet has frozen her tongue to her water bottle. As your body temperature drops to borderline shock, hold it in your stomach and keep the energy tight. Please, can we just turn the aircon off at least? It's starting to snow. Embrace the freeze. Janet's hands are blue. They're actually blue. Reach out your fingertips and give them a wiggle. Oh my God! Janet's fingers have fallen off! I need you to all focus and avoid the distractions around you. The heart rate is slowing down. Shut out all the noise. Separate your mind from the now. We are going to lose her. Shake off any negative energy. What the hell? 
hell is that coming through the door? Let your breathing lead the way. Oh my god! It's a polar bear! Relax any unnecessary tension. What's that in the window? Go to your oh my, happy place. Oh my, it's an, it's an iceberg! We aren't even near any water! Everyone, get away from the window! Today's session. Next week, I will be teaching a breathtaking class, Asphyxiation Meditation. And finally, please welcome our last question time panelist this evening, Kevin Shit. Sorry, who's that, Jan? Haven't you heard of Kevin Shit, Adam? He riled up a lot of people on Twitter the other day. He said that women don't exist. That's incredibly stupid, and obviously wrong. Yeah, so the BBC had to invite him on Question Time. Why? Well, he makes people angry, so we've all got to know about him now. <laughs> Has anyone here even seen a woman? Kevin, I'm a woman. Do you hear that? My views are being shut down on the BBC. This chilling effect on free speech is like something out of George Orwell's 1985 Animal Farms. He doesn't seem to know anything. Oh no, he doesn't. But he gets a reaction. I can see people in the audience vomiting. It's a strong reaction. This is ridiculous. So I just have to write something stupid on Twitter and I'll get on question time? No. Well, good. It also has to be right-wing. For God's sake. Well, I hope he goes away soon. I'm sure he will. We interrupt question time to announce that the BBC has immediately apologised and made Kevin Shit the new Director General. Up next, Lawrence Fox stars in a biography of Hitler. Mm, mm, mm. My fellow Victorian philanthropists, that was an excellent pie. Quite so, Mr Roundtree. The peacock and the onion were magnificent pastry bedfellows. Uh, but, Lady Twining, we must not forget the poor masses who do not have time for such refined foodstuffs. No, indeed, Sir Peabody. Though the girls working in my factories get a hearty broth of suet and turnip halfway through each 16-hour shift. The bows drop in from the ceiling on an automated pulley system. That is kind, but so inefficient. My matchstick girls are pumped with tomato soup. Really? Quite so. Direct from a modern hose contraption. The girls simply attach the hose to their mouths using their lips and the soup pours right in. So noble. But I note they still must use their arms. The workers in my factory are dunked into vats of chocolate by the means of a giant mechanical hand. How innovative. So they get a jolly good lungful of sugary goo, which increases their productivity. Then at shift end, they jog home, still covered in chocolate, and their hungry brood lick it directly from their skin. Efficient and kindly, Mr Roundtree. But I note you are still relying on your workers to have mouths. Why, yes. Not in my factory. I mentioned the broth springs down from the ceiling, 
But what I neglected to tell you is mechanical surgeons made of brass and steam cut open the bellies of my girls and pour the soup right in, and sew them back together while the girls scurry on sewing my tea bags. So your girls have full hot bellies to sustain them in their work, but I have gone a step further. My matchstick girls are in fact made of offal and iron and do not require soup or indeed wages to continue production. But are they happy? My dear, they do not complain at all. My friends, this is a breakthrough in owner-worker relations. But what of the human workers replaced by these contraptions? Ah, oh, fuck, fuck them. From the frozen seas of Mars to the hot, oily gases of Venus, the aliens of this solar system are all coming together on Christmas Day to enjoy the company of their fellow alien friends, to pull their alien crackers and to get into an argument about alien Brexit over their alien Brussels sprouts. Here on Earth, as everywhere else in this solar system, we wish you a happy Christmas. Coming soon to Netflix, The Crown Season 7. Having run out of past, we bring you the royal family of the future. Starring Sir Ian McKellen as the future Prince Charles. Oh, I do wish plants still existed, so I could talk to them. A haunted cadaverous Prince Philip. Don't spend too long on Vulcan, otherwise you'll get pointy ears. And introducing the Pleb Crusher 5000 as Elizabeth Windsor. Half queen, half machine, all monarch. Greetings humans who have been brought to my palace to be processed into meat slurry to fuel my batteries. Have you come far? And what is it you do? The Crown Season 7. And don't miss our exciting spin-off series about the ghost of Princess Diana solving mysteries in hell. Is your breakfast too boring? Are you always running late? Have you ever looked at your boiled egg and thought that'd make a great jam? Here at the Jam Clan, we want you to jam with us. I'm Pam. And I'm Stan. And the Jam Clan will give you a plan. You'll, You'll be, be such, such a, a fan. fan. Here in their bunker, Pam and Stan will make jam out of absolutely anything. Jam lasts so long and is so convenient that it'll save you loads of time and your life will be much sweeter for it. Subscribe to a jam plan from just £60 per month to receive your quarterly package of two whole jars of jam. Anything can be jam if you set your mind to it. With, with jam, jam, you, you can. can. Say goodbye to the bran and join the jam clan with the breakfast range. Bacon jam, full English fry-up jam, toothpaste jam. And that's not all. Introducing our limited edition mouthwash as a jam. It clings to the dirt in your dirty mouth and never lets go. Pushing a pram and craving some jam? Try the children's range. Bubblegum jam, mashed banana jam, taste the rainbow with crayon jam. And don't forget our exclusive offer for newborn members of the Jan clan. Breast milk jam. Some people say that there's such a thing as too much jam. We do not say that. Jam Clan products contribute to your normal digestive function. 
There are no side effects, but other benefits may include shiny hair, improved posture, and a 100% increase in bone density. What's more, we can create jams that are personal to you. Send us the tears you shared at your birth, wedding, or funeral, and we will preserve them for you as a jam. Special offer alert! Sign up to the premium jam plan now and receive a bonus jam from our new range in partnership with Greenpeace. Conserves for conservation. We're conserving endangered species so you don't have to. Choose from either giant panda jam or orangutan jam. Hurry while stocks last. Choose your jam plan at www.jamclan.com and choose the membership that's right for you. And remember, with, with jam, jam, you can. Use the code WHAMBAMTHANKYOUJAM when you check out for 0.02% off your purchase. If you're experiencing any unexpected benefits from our jam, please dial 999 immediately. Dogs, is your owner always throwing balls away like there's no tomorrow? <coughs> and is it you who always has to go fetch? <coughs> well, say goodbye to ball fetching drudgery with new InstaFetch. <coughs> Gasp in amazement as your ball is brought back by a robot. Here is your ball, master. While you sit back and relax, read a novel, check the stock market, or play bridge. You can't stop the march of progress, Bailey. No, stop. What are you doing? Go! Ah! Ah! Look out for our other products, the dog travelator, the shareable towel, and the self-eating treat. Yeah, we stuck Alex on the radio, thank God. I don't think he'll cause any issues there. And next on Radio 4, it's The Now Show, with Hugh Dennis and Steve Cunt. Now I have important words for all of you. Soon you'll no longer be the final year class of the Charles Dickens School for Boys, but young men, out in the challenging world of 1820. What, you may ask, will my path in life be? To help answer, we have employed the latest scientific methods to find the career best suited for you. There are many options. For example, Goodfellow. Where is Mr. Goodfellow? Yes, you boy. You shall be a benevolent factory owner. Well done. Next, we have Cruel Factory Owners, the path for you, Mr. Hardcraft and Mr. Slog Driver. Joining the military will, of course, be Mr. Thunderbrass and Mr. Drummer Charge. Mr. Gloomthug will be a brutal stepfather. Little Toby Tragically Young, who I seem to recall died of consumption in second year, so we'll skip him. And, ah yes, Amiable Drunk. That shall be your career, Mr. Bimblebucket. Moving on. Sir, I don't want to be an amiable drunk. I've actually always rather fancied being an accountant. An accountant? Accountancy is a highly competitive profession, boy. Perhaps, if you had the aptitude of Mr. Scriventally or Mr. Debt Column, but I fear that for you, an amiable drunk it must be. Be thankful that you shall not be a mean drunk like Mr. Gin Stabby over there. But sir, it really does sound like you're just basing all this off our names. Nonsense, Bimble Bucket. This is science. Just because your name has a certain friendly but unsteady air does not negate the numerous other factors that have gone into our analysis. What factors, sir? Numerous ones. Be grateful for the help. 
what I would have given in my day to have one of my elders take me aside and say that you, Eliezer Chalk Bastard, shall someday be a harsh and uncompromising teacher. But what about women, sir? I beg your pardon, boy. How does it work when they get married? I mean, with the name change and all. My patience is wearing thin with all this rot-about-names, Bimblebucket. If you must know, my good lady wife was formerly Miss Norma Spinsterperil, who of course changed her name on marriage to Mrs Chalkbastard, and now, as it happens, is headmistress of the girls' school across town. Now we shall hear no more from you. There are many names to get through, and I am confident that you shall all soon have a firm pathway in life. God bless us, everyone! Hmm, it seems Mr. Tragically Young was still with us. Still, I trust that will be the last interruption. Thank you for your assistance, Mr. Jin Stabby. Episode 13 of the Next Level Sketch podcast featured sketches written by James Walsh, Paul Creasy, Jess Karivik, Mirren Kelly, Roderick Miller, Dan Smith, Angela Yaz, Flex Toomey, and Ben Fortescue. It also featured the vocal talents of Nadine Bailey, Rachel Kader, Vic Dry, Ewan Brown, Dr. Ruth Martin, Shane Malone, Jimmy Jameson, Jenna Cole, and Greg Davies. The jingles were written and performed by James Walsh, and the theme tune was written by James Walsh and performed by James Walsh and Rebecca Diaz. Just to get his name in it one more time, this episode was produced by James Walsh in A House by the Sea. And that's it from us this year. Remember, we will have a live show on the 26th of January, which is a Tuesday, at the Miller in London Bridge. And then every last Tuesday of the month thereafter until the end of time. And we will do another podcast episode in the new year. Thanks so much for listening and have a wonderful Christmas.